Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The word of God for our meditation this morning is today's Gospel, Matthew chapter 24. We'll hear again these words of our Savior. Keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. This is the word of our God. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. If you've ever watched TV, then you are probably familiar with all of those phrases. The producers of TV shows are desperate for you to keep watching their programs. Now, years ago, when someone said, don't touch that dial, there actually was a dial on the TV, and you could change it to one of maybe three or four channels that may not come in all that well. But nowadays, it's not the same. Today, the competition for your screen time is intense. There's so many channels, so much choice. Cable and satellite and internet, YouTube and Netflix and Amazon Prime, and all of these offering a huge variety of programming, many different styles, seven days a week, 365 days a year, round the clock. And so, TV producers do everything they can to keep you watching their programs. Why? The green stuff, right? The more they can keep you watching, the more advertising dollars they are going to receive. In the portion of God's Word before us on this first Sunday of Advent, the Lord Jesus tells us to stay tuned, to, to not touch that dial. He tells us to keep watching. Now, of course, it's not TV he wants us to watch. He wants us to keep watching for his return at the end of time. And of course, it's also not money that motivates him saying this to us, this encouragement. It's love. It's his love for us and for all people and his deep desire that we be saved. And so Jesus tells us to keep on watching. He wants us to keep on watching for his return so that when he comes again, he will find us spiritually aware and also spiritually prepared. It was Tuesday of Holy Week. Jesus and his disciples were walking in the area of the Temple Mount near the Temple of Jerusalem. And the disciples were just marveling at all the beautiful buildings and the interesting things to look at. And they were talking to Jesus about these things. What Jesus said to them, though, turned their delight into shock. He said, I tell you the truth, not one stone here will be left on another. Every one will be thrown down. Imagine walking in downtown Manitowoc and someone pointing and saying, you see that building, you see the courthouse? It's going to be leveled. You'd have some questions about that, I think. You'd want to know why and how and when. Well, Jesus' disciples had questions too. They asked, when will this happen? And what will be the sign of your coming at the end of the age? Jesus' answer to their question takes up almost two chapters in Matthew's Gospel. Our text is just a portion of his answer. answer. Jesus didn't talk a lot about the temple in Jerusalem's destruction, but he did talk quite a bit about the end of the age. He began by comparing the end times, the times in which you and I are living right now, to the days of Noah. In the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. In the days before God sent a cataclysmic flood to destroy the whole world, everything was pretty much business as usual. People were just living their lives. They were buying and selling, marrying and giving in marriage, eating and drinking, doing normal things. 
But their business-as-usual lives were about to be violently interrupted. The floodgates of the deep burst open. The rain came down in buckets. There was no escape. The people did not stand a chance. They were unaware. They were unaware, which seems strange because it's not like they had no warning. For 120 years, Noah had been building a gigantic barge in his front yard, which was nowhere near a body of water big enough to float it in. Not only that, but Noah didn't just swing a hammer. He also climbed into a pulpit. Peter calls him a preacher of righteousness. Noah warned the wicked of his day about what was coming. He called them to repentance, but nobody listened to him. They weren't ignorant, my friends. They were foolish. They chose to ignore Noah's warnings. They chose to be unaware. They were too busy living their worldly lives to be concerned about Noah's spiritual message. And for their unawareness, they paid a huge and heavy price. In fact, the heaviest price of all. Now, in all the thousands of years that have passed since then, really nothing much has changed. This is what Jesus said. This is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. In other words, the same as it was in Noah's day. We like to think that we are a lot smarter and more sophisticated than those knuckle-dragging dimwits of Noah's day, but we're not. What was going on in Noah's day, the very same thing is happening today. People are very busy living their lives and not really thinking much about spiritual things at all. They're texting and they're updating Instagram. They're watching TV and playing Xbox. They're going to work and buying clothes and cars and homes. They're eating and drinking and being merry. But my friends, they're not paying attention to the really important things. They aren't thinking about Jesus. They aren't preparing for his return. In fact, the very idea of his return gives many people in our world today a hearty chuckle. This is what Peter wrote. He said, In the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, Where's this coming? He promised. Noah, what's with the boat? God's going to destroy the world in a huge flood? You're crazy, Noah. Jesus is coming again one day, any time now, to judge the living and the dead? Yeah, sure he is. Nothing has changed. And sadly, my friends, sometimes you and I fit a little too well into this unchanged world. Too often, we focus on the wrong things. We pay often very close attention to the dollars in our bank accounts, but then kind of ignore the spiritual fortune of God's word and his sacraments. We spend countless hours entertaining and amusing ourselves and precious little time on our knees in prayer. We worry about what we're going to eat, what we're going to drink, what we're going to wear, what we're going to drive tomorrow, but hardly give a thought to our Lord's imminent return. The devil is very good at this. The devil is very good at tricking us. He dazzles us with the shiny trinkets and baubles of this world, which are counterfeit treasures designed to distract us from the real treasure, which is Christ. And my friends, if we're not careful, we can lose the real treasure altogether. Of course, our God doesn't want this for us. He loves us and wants to save us. And so Jesus not only tells us to keep watching for his return, he sends his spirit to empower us through faith to do just that. You see, through word and sacrament, the spirit works faith in our, sight, in our hearts, the eyesight of faith. 
so that we can see and watch for his coming. What wonders we are able to see, my friends, with our faith eyes. We can actually see through time with them. We can see back into the past. We can see our Savior's perfect life in our place and his willing death on the cross to pay for all of our sins and his glorious and victorious resurrection on the third day. And with those faith eyes, we can see the present. We can see the full and free forgiveness that Jesus won for us. And we can see and experience the peace and joy and hope and comfort that that forgiveness gives us. And we can also see with the faith eyes given to us by the Spirit into the future to see our Lord Jesus, the risen and victorious Christ, coming again with all his angels to judge the living and the dead and to bring his own to be with him forever in heaven. Jesus describes that last day for us this way. Two men will be in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with the hand mill. One will be taken and the other left. You see, there's going to be a great separation that happens on the last day. Believers and unbelievers will be separated. For unbelievers, it will be a horrible day, a day of great terror and sorrow and loss that sadly will never end. That loss goes on for eternity. But for us who by the grace of God trust in Jesus Christ as our Savior, it will be the day of greatest joy, all because of Christ, because of his flawless obedience in our place, because of the holy blood he shed on the cross that cleanses us, because of his empty tomb that guarantees our eternal life. My friends, this great day is coming. It can happen at any time. So as Jesus tells us today, be aware and keep watching. Jesus not only wants us to be aware, though, that he's coming, he wants us to be prepared when that day happens. And the master teacher has an interesting way of talking about this. He talks about it in terms of somebody breaking into your home. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known at what time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have allowed his house to be broken into. Now, a thief breaking and entering into your house is always a surprising event. And homeowners have basically two ways that they can deal with this. The foolish homeowner says to himself, Ah, nobody's ever going to break into my house. I'm not going to worry about it. And so he does exactly nothing. He doesn't even lock his doors. And when the thief comes, he's able to break in easily and rob that man. But the wise homeowner says to himself, well, I'm just going to assume that the thief is going to come at some point, and so I'll be ready for him. And so he buys good deadbolts for his doors, and he puts up motion lights in his yard, and he installs a security system. So when the thief comes, he isn't able to break in and rob that man because he was ready. The homeowner counted on his coming, prepared for his coming. Well, as you know, our Savior Jesus is no thief, but his second coming will be a surprise. We need to be ready for that surprise. We need to be ready and prepared on the day of his coming. It is happening. We just don't know when. How do we prepare? I want you to imagine that you've won a radio contest, grand prize. And the grand prize is that future Hall of Fame quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, is coming to your home for dinner. I would just bet that you would do some preparing and you wouldn't serve Aaron tuna casserole. You'd clean up your entire house from top to bottom. You'd mow the lawn, pick up the yard. You'd get yourself cleaned up, put on your very best Packers gear. You'd go out and buy some good wine, prepare a delicious meal. 
you'd want everything to be just so for his visit. Now, my friends, obviously, our Savior's return is infinitely more important. And you know what? Unlike Aaron, he actually is coming. We need to be prepared. Preparing for our Lord's coming is a little bit different than preparing for the visit of a quarterback. We need more than clean clothes and a clean house. We need to be ready spiritually. My friends, here's the thing. We can't do that. We can't prepare ourselves really spiritually. But our God's grace is so amazing. What we need, he gives us in Christ. You see, Jesus has given us the very best clothes to wear, the robes of his holiness, which cover all of our sins and make us pure and holy in the eyes of our God. Our Lord Jesus has washed us clean in baptism, cleansed us by his blood. He has set our spiritual houses in order. And he even gives us powerful tools so that we can stay prepared. He's given us his word and his sacraments. He's given us his law, which points out our desperate need to repent of our sin. And he's given us his gospel, which is the good news of our Savior, which empowers us to repent with confidence in his forgiveness. He even gives us his own body and blood and his holy supper so that we can be constantly reassured of his love and forgiveness. My friends, don't forget about these. Use these precious tools regularly to feed your faith and to be prepared for his coming. Jesus could arrive at any moment. It could be today. Are you ready? Are you prepared to stand before your maker? Are you ready to meet your judge? You bet you are. Jesus himself has made you ready. So stay tuned. Don't touch that dial. Keep on watching. Your Lord Jesus is coming again soon. I don't know about you, but I can't wait for Jesus' return. And so we all pray, Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. Amen.